I wonder when, by the way, happy Friday. Glad you're with us. I wonder when we're going to get the apologies from Roswell Rachel Maddow, uh, her fellow cohorts over there at MSDNC. And let's see, all fake Jake News Tapper and Wolfie Blitzer and the rest of them, Chucky Todd and all of them. The New York Toilet Paper Times, Washington Post, they were all wrong. They all were led down this path by a guy named, well, we call him the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar, and that is Adam Schiff. And they put him on day after day, night after night, hour after hour. And I will tell you, it is, it's a epic fail that they will never own, never admit, never, you know, acknowledge in any way, shape, manner, or form. Um, as we now have been pouring through all of these interviews, it's it's impossible because we got them late yesterday. We got them in time for TV, but not time to read them all. But we're able to pull out enough highlights just to just to get the game going on here. But what we we know is that there has been more lying by more people more often than you can ever believe. James, you know, and it's funny because when you look at the timeline and we'll actually do this special timeline on Hannity tonight, nine Eastern on Fox. But, you know, James Clapper, he's interviewed all these people, 53 interviews under oath. You know, I never saw any direct uh, uh, evidence that the Trump campaign or someone in the in it was plotting or conspiring with the Russians to meddle with the election. Uh, you never saw any evidence. Excuse me. I don't recall any instance where I had any direct evidence. Samantha Power, when asked whether she had evidence of collusion, I am not in possession of anything. I'm not in, in possession and didn't read or absorb information that came from out of the intelligence community. Susan Rice, to the best of my recollection, there wasn't anything smoking. There were some things that gave me pause. I don't recall intelligence that I would consider evidence to that effect that I saw, you know, a conspiracy of any kind prior to my departure. Sally Yates, if you're asking me that I reached the conclusion that he had, you know, had that, the answer, that would be no. No. Even Cohn said the same thing. Asked by Trey Gowdy, you have any information, evidence of collusion? between then-presidential candidate Donald Trump and the Russian government to either interfere with or influence the GOP primary in 2016 or the general election? No, sir. Wow. We have so much information to impart to you. I'm trying to go through it systematically and slowly. But there's a lot of people that have a lot of explaining to do. There's the greatest abuse of power, corruption, scandal in history is what this is all about. Uh, I, I guess a part of me should take a victory lap and say we were right. It wasn't just me. We have everybody that works on my radio show, my TV show. We've been digging into this since March of 2017. Even really before then, to be honest, because these issues came up beforehand. Um, I think one of the more revealing moments that we need to pay an awful lot of attention to, because I've asked this question a number of times, a number of different ways for real reasons. Now, we talked at length about this meeting that took place in the White House. The meeting took place on January 5th. 
Is it a coincidence that that's the day that they that struck had gone back to try to reopen the Flynn case that that had been cast aside? Um, well, it certainly is suspect because by January 4th and timelines matter here, 2017, this is 20 days before the president is sworn in uh, a full. Well, I'm sorry, 12, 16 days before the president is inaugurated, 20 days until Flynn is sandbagged by Comey and McCabe and ambushed. But anyway, by January 4th, the case against Flynn was closed. It was done. By January 4th, 2017, the FBI leadership, it was all finished. In other words, they had no derogatory material on Flynn in the FBI files, no derogatory material in the Defense Intelligence Agency files, no derogatory material in the CIA files, It was gone. It was done. It was dead. The FBI determined that Flynn had done nothing wrong. In fact, Comey's crossfire hurricane investigation that started right after Hillary's was closed out and it shouldn't have been. Um, But anyway, thanks to this, this now these, this discovery, you got to thank Rick Grinnell. Rick Grinnell's doing his job. You got to thank Bill Barr. None of this information on Trump would come out except for the attorney general seeking real justice Unlike the FBI agents, what is our goal here? Is our goal an admission? Is our goal to try and and get him to lie so we can prosecute him or we can get him fired? Wow. No FBI should ever, uh, FBI agents should ever have that goal. The goal should be the truth. What's the truth? How do we get to the truth? Anyway, so by January 5th, the day after they reopened the case that was closed, When the seventh floor got involved of the FBI, that would be where Comey, McCabe and company are. And Peter Strzok's involvement in this has been well chronicled here. Anyway, Strzok pleading to not close out the case. Comey given the go ahead. And then 20 days later, General Flynn calls Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director. And he says, do I need a lawyer? No, you don't need a lawyer. And then you have the brag tape of James Comey. Well, I sent them in. But his own agency had already determined that, in fact, Flynn had done nothing wrong. Anyway, the day after they reopened this thing, well, we now learn from the deputy attorney general at the time, Sally Yates. She attended an Oval Office meeting. Comey was there. Biden was there. Brennan was there. Clapper was there. Let's see. Susan Rice was there. Um, They're all there. After the briefing, Obama asked Yates and Comey to stay behind and said that he had learned the information about Flynn and Flynn's conversation with his soon-to-be counterpart. Here's another side note to this. In the interviews or the, well, the under oath interviews that were released yesterday, both Susan Rice and Samantha Powers admit, oh yeah, when we were coming into the Obama administration, we had conversations with our counterparts, our soon-to-be counterparts, just like General Flynn did. Just a side note. Anyway, according to the document, it was not clear to Yates from where the president first got that information. Yates didn't recall Comey's response to the president's question about how to treat Flynn because the president asked them to stay behind, said he had learned about the information about Flynn, And now why is this particular date important? Because 15 days later on Inauguration Day, remember, Susan Rice goes back and memorializes this meeting 
by saying Obama said to do everything by the book. Now, why on the day you're leaving do you go back and you have a feeling that you need to memorialize a meeting from two weeks or 15 days prior? I would say that is a CYA of all CYAs. But Yates says she was surprised by the information she was hearing, that she was having a hard time processing it. How does President Obama know all about this? And listening to the conversation at the same time, Sally Yates is saying this in her testimony. She'd later say she was concerned Flynn would be vulnerable to blackmail because of his interactions with Russia. That's like a hearsay witness. She said she had no information at all. Uh, One of the big questions that's going on, and the president mentioned this on Fox and Friends this morning, the jury is still out on the FBI director. Now, we can see Bill Barr's doing his job and John Durham is doing his job and a lot of other people doing their job. But what is what is Ray doing to clean up the premier law enforcement agency in the world? And all of the people I know that work for the FBI, they want their good name back and they deserve their good name back. He shows no urgency in getting to the bottom of this. Apparently, John Dowd accused Robert Mueller's prosecutors of deliberately misleading him during the months that he represented the president, saying that he found it staggering that the former special counsel Robert Mueller's dream team would put on such a fraud. And that that gets to a lot of what we've been outlining and now discovering in our own little timeline that we're putting together here. The transcripts show that Schiff and Strzok used the same tactics to target both Trump and Flynn. And in other words, that after Peter Strzok succeeded in reopening a dead case on Flynn, Schiff tried to do the same thing to President Trump because, remember, Schiff was hiding all of these these interviews for the longest period of time. The only reason they got out is because Rick Grinnell brought them over to Attorney General Barr and then posted them up on the DNI website. I never saw any direct evidence. You know, we got all these people saying just the opposite. Former Attorney General Loretta Lynch said she didn't recall any evidence of any collusion being briefed to her. I can't say if it existed or not. And despite coming up completely empty, at the same time Schiff is hearing all of this, this congenital liar is going out there on TV just about every place he can go on Face the Nation, March 2019, saying he had direct evidence of collusion. I have direct evidence. Kept telling us he was lying through his teeth. He's lying. Now, McCabe, by the way, now we get into the whole issue of the dossier. And remember, there were multiple warnings. I kept saying premeditated fraud on a FISA court, denying Carter Page's civil liberties and constitutional rights, right? And I said, without that dossier, there was no FISA warrant. And we also said that Kathleen Kavlek, Bruce Orr, many others, warned all of the people in the DOJ and the FBI Not to rely on the dossier, it was unverified. Christopher Steele hated Trump, had a political agenda, and Hillary paid for it. It says at the top of a FISA application, verified. They never verified it. And when they finally got to the subsource, this is after now two warrants had passed, two of the four. Uh, We now know in February of 2017, Remember the first FISA application, October 2016, they had warnings. They used it anyway. It was the bulk of information to establish the FISA warrant to spy on a presidential candidate and a transition team. They renewed it three months later when they finally, the FBI spoke to Steele's subsource. In other words, where he got his information from. 
uh, three separate occasions. Well, we now know that the subsource contradicted what Steele was saying and said none of it's true. And McCabe even acknowledging in 2017, well, what was the most damning or important part or piece of the evidence in the dossier that you know is true? And he said, well, as I tried to explain before, there's a lot of information in the Steele reporting. We've not been able to prove the accuracy of all the information. McCabe was questioned on Steele reporting on uh, Carter Page and asked, do you know if it's true or not? That's correct. You don't know. You don't know if it's true or not. McCabe's answer. That's correct. McCabe also admitted McCabe that without the dirty dossier that he had no idea. You don't know if any of it's true. That's correct. That without it, they wouldn't have got the warrant to spy on the presidential candidate. Ladies and gentlemen, people of the jury of the jury, the verdict is in. They knew it was a hoax. They continued it. And then you've got the scope charge of Rod Rosenstein, what also signed the fourth FISA application. By that time, everybody knew it was totally debunked. The subsource contradicted it all. Uh, they knew everything about it being phony, uh, but he used it anyway. And then he, he sends out a scope uh, to uh, charge to Robert Mueller to go after anything anyway. That would be a witch hunt. These people better be held accountable. Or else we don't have we don't have a country left anymore. It's so corrupt. So Obama knew and Obama, what did he know? And why did Susan Rice go back? Why? Uh, it's just breathtaking what we now know. Now we know. Where do you see the timeline we're putting together tonight for uh, the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar, Adam Schiff? And of course, the complicit mob in the media that kept giving him a platform to lie every second, every minute, every hour of every day. You know, it's amazing, too. All these people, now that we have their transcripts that say we had no evidence of any collusion, we had no evidence of any, we had no evidence of any, we had no evidence of any collusion, all of them saying it, and Schiff going out publicly and saying just the opposite. Why didn't any of them step up and say, uh, that's not what we said? Because they were part of an agenda that hated Donald Trump. Now, let me tell you, uh, our friend Greg Jarrett, we've talked about this a lot. These FISA warrants, the people that signed them, like Comey and Yates and Buente and McCabe and Rosenstein. Yeah, there are potential criminal charges to look at. Fraud, conspiracy to defraud, perjury, obstruction of justice, depri uh, deprivation of rights under color of law, abuse of power. You know. Uh, what about all the officials in the Flynn case? Their charges, you know, let's see, names like Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, Mueller prosecutors like Van Grack. What, could we look into obstruction maybe and perjury and false statement? Again, deprivation of rights under color of law. What about those involved in the overall uh, Russia investigation? Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, Baker, Brennan, Clapper, Glenn Simpson, Steele. What about them? Forget Julian Assange. Let's bring Christopher Steele. Let's uh, let's bring him over here. Let's see. Deprivation of rights, fraud, conspiracy to defraud, false statements, perjury. I want to look into all of this. 25 now until the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Um, remember we talked a lot about Samantha Powers and why would a U.N. ambassador be out there unmasking all these people? 
Yeah, she didn't know that the unmasking was taking place apparently in her name. Well, how could that have happened? And what's interesting is the questioning goes to, well, why did you take on all of these roles that apparently Susan Rice didn't take on when she was in that position? Now, she shift asks her, for example, I just want to be clear. There's no indication you ever made a request that there necessarily was even a report on the subject. This is about unmasking Flynn's name. But I did want to get you on the record on that, because at the end of the day, that's sort of where this came from. Ms. Powers, I have no recollection of making a request related to General Flynn. Mr. Schiff, the congenital liar. Okay, I take it you never leaked Mr. Flynn's name in any way, General Flynn's name. Ms. Powers, I've never leaked classified information. I've never leaked names that have come back to me in this highly uh, compartmentalized process. I have, in fact, never leaked uh, ever unclassified information. Oh, then we have a moment where McCabe admitted that the FBI didn't even believe Papadopoulos was having any contact with Moscow. Then why were they going after him and setting him up with more spies? It's unbelievable. Every single person in this case had the civil rights abuse. This goes to what I've been the theme of the week is the absolute breathtaking double standard hypocrisy. It's repulsive. The media mob in this country, they are nothing but paid propaganda liars. That's all they are. I don't trust any of them. They, they, they have been peddling lies, conspiracy theories, smears, slander, prote- literally protecting all of these people, shredding the Constitution, violating every civil liberty and every constitutional right we have applying ridiculous double standards in terms of application of laws. They have overlooked the horrific treatment. Imagine if imagine if it was a, a friend of Obama uh, who was involved in a, quote, process crime, and the Trump administration sent in 29 guys in tactical gear, pre-dawn raid, with CNN cameras following. Let's say Fox News cameras following. I wonder what the reaction would be. Not a peep. I don't hear any liberals outraged over the treatment of of Roger Stone. The jury four person in that case turns out publicly, you know, hating on Roger Stone. That's not a fair and impartial jury. Judge won't give this guy a new case. Now he's fighting on appeal. He, too, like General Flynn, is broke. And then they tried to squeeze Flynn and say, well, if you tell us this, we'll get you a give you a get out of jail free card. That that practice has to stop, by the way. That practice must stop because I'm going to tell you something. And I think this is very, very important. And, and we have a case, by the way, of member Obama pardon as James Cartwright, a uh, general who lied to the FBI in a leak case. No one ever seems to talk about that. But I thought I thought liberals cared about civil liberties. They didn't care about any of it. They only this is how sick the mob is. And this is how sick the Democrats are. It, they, they will they will take on breathtaking, irresponsible, reckless destruction of civil liberties if it means hurting a conservative. You know, it's it's OK. There's no I believers, even though Tara Reid has more corroboration, more witnesses, a haunting call to Larry King from her mother. No I believers in her case, the only I defenders 
I defend Joe Biden. A woman has a right to be believed, believed, except if you're against, of course, Joe Biden. We don't believe you. And you have more witnesses, more corroboration, more evidence from the time that corroborates what you claim happened. But no I believers, they all take on breathtaking hypocrisy. They don't care about obstruction of justice, only if it, they can bludgeon Trump. They cared about the principle and the application of the law about obstruction. Then they would have cared a lot about Hillary's deleted subpoenaed emails and the bleach bit and the hammers. If they cared about Russia, 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 Russia collusion. Well, we now know that Hillary bought and paid for Russian disinformation known from the beginning. Russia fed that to Christopher Steele, we now know. And Hillary and the DNC paid for it. Now we've also discovered that apparently representatives from both her campaign and the DNC met with Christopher Steele. Liberals aren't outraged over that either. Then, of course, we have the dirty dossier. Why do I say premeditated? Because there were numerous warnings. Don't use this information because it's unverified. Hillary paid for it. It's political. And Christopher Steele has a political agenda. He hates Trump. That was before the first FISA application. Now, to quote Andrew McCabe in, in his interview with, released yesterday, you, you don't get a FISA application. You don't get to spy on Carter Page and, and through Carter Page, Donald Trump, the candidate, unless she used the dirty dossier. That was confirmed by Andrew McCabe in this, you know, when, when he went before Congress and testified. They were warned not to use it. They use it anyway. It's not only unverified, it's unverifiable. And by the time we get to the subsource, the source that Steele used, the source that Steele used says no, none of what he's saying is true. And when Steele goes under oath, he himself admits he has no idea if any of it's true. How does that become the foundation of an application to spy on an American citizen? Because that's what Comey used in the first, second, and third FISA applications, and Rod Rosenstein, the fourth FISA application. How come there's no liberal outrage about the abuse of power and corruption here. You see the double standard? It stinks to high heaven. Now, let's imagine that this was, let's see, um, Donald Trump's FBI director. Let's say it was Donald Trump's dossier. Let's say that they spied on a Clinton associate. Uh, let's say they spied on the Clinton campaign team. And if Clinton won the election, they spied on her transition team. And then they kept renewing the warrants, even though more and more evidence built to the point where they knew absolutely positively that the dossier was full of lies and they debunked them again late in the process, but still before the final two application warrants were put in. And they're still using the dirty dossiers, the bulk of information to obtain the FISA spying warrants. And let's say they were spying on Hillary Clinton. You think the mob and the media would care then? I bet they would. They, 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 they're nothing but, but pure, pathetic propaganda outlets. They're worse than Pravda. They're worse than any, any, any dictatorship are crying out loud. They're nothing but mouthpieces for all things radical, democratic, socialist, and all things hate Trump. That's the New York Toilet Paper Times, the Washington Compost, the Pimple Paper. Eric Pimple can't get 50,000 plus Twitter followers. He's struggling. Can't get in the main paper either. That'd be fake news CNN and fake Jake and Wolf. How much time did CNN give to uh, Adam Schiff, the congenital compromise 
liar that he is. How much time did Roswell Rachel Maddow give to that guy? How much time did uh, all the other shows on MSDNC give to the guy? And, you know, and then they're out they're feigned outrage. This is outrageous what, what the attorney general did. Really? All you people in the mob and the media, you support an FBI that says, what's our goal here? Is our goal to get an admission? Is our goal to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired? Really? Is it, it's okay with all of you that the case was closed, but it was brought up politically? Is it all okay with you if it was Clinton's national security advisor day four of the Clinton administration and Donald Trump's FBI director says, I sent them in to take advantage of the chaos, something I wouldn't do in previous administrations or get away with, and there's a process I'm supposed to follow and I didn't follow it? Nicole Wallace was the one that sat there and laughed during Comey's answer. That's pretty sick, too. This is all abuse of power. This is all corruption. There never was any Russia Trump information uh, or collusion. The only one that paid for Russian disinformation was Hillary. And a lot of that disinformation was leaked to their, their corrupt media allies, conspiracy theorists like uh, Michael Isakoff and David Korn pushing it out in the press. Who leaked it? Was it Brennan? Was it Clapper? We know Brennan leaked to Harry Reid, knowing that Harry Reid would open his big fat mouth, and he did. I mean, you start putting all of this together. It goes on and on and on. Really? You care about quid pro quo? The president makes a phone call. Now, I don't want you to be like your predecessor and be all corrupt here. Now, when we have the shift show, what do we have? We have one fact witness. Everybody else is a hearsay witness. Because the case was brought by a hearsay whistleblower, not a real whistleblower that knows real information. A hearsay whistleblower brings a, you know, and then they bring in hearsay witnesses and opinion witnesses. And they only have one fact witness in the whole darn thing. And that results in the guy saying, yeah, I talked to the president. What did he say? Uh, I don't want anything. I don't want a quid or a pro or a quo like Joe. And then you have Joe on tape. What's Joe on tape saying? You're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire a prosecutor. There's the quid. There's the pro. That's investigating my zero experience son Hunter who's being paid millions. They ignored that too. They believed all the, the Kavanaugh accusers. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe I'm falling in. You know, you know, it's it's like a nightmare. They don't believe Tara Reed. That is the mob. That is where we are as a country. I've been talking about the fact that I have on Hannity.com these gift certificates that you can, by the way, even last minute, you can get one today. Beautiful commemorative first edition box set of the book. It let, you know, live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Live free or America dies. Well, I'd say in 179 days, if all these people get back in power. What do you think is going to happen? Well, we're going to we're going to take the, the, these cases will all die. Nobody will be held accountable. Number one. Then we have a guy that if he ever had a fastball, curveball, soft pitch, they're all gone. We have a latest example today. I mean, it is it is bad what's going on with Joe. Anyone denying that is just not facing reality. But the same people that protected Joe on Tara Reid and the same people that denied the quid pro quo, they'll protect anything. But this is what this election to say. We will now have appeasement, you know, cargo planes, cash landing in Tehran Airport for the mullahs chanting death to America. That's what we go back to. 
There's no more moderation in the Democratic Party, so it's the new Green Deal. We'll get rid of oil and gas, the lifeblood of the world's economy. Everything will become free, and America won't survive. We're going to, what, nationalize industry? That's the definition of socialism. How did your Obamacare work out? Medicare for all's next. That's, a, that's why I put the book up. You can send mom the gift certificate. She'll get the first-run commemorative copy. It's on Hannity.com. All of this happened. Now, I'm hoping and I'm hopeful that we're going to get to the bottom of all of this, but there's certain truths now that are self-evident, not the least of which is that all of this happened, and the mob and the media protected them. The mob is their mouthpiece. The mob spreads lies, smears, slander, they besmirch, they do their character assassination. They, oh, there's not a single thing Donald Trump has done in three years plus that they ever would say good job on. Not even the travel ban. No, that was racist, xenophobic, hysterical, and fear-mongering. Record low unemployment, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Now, of course, that went away because of the pandemic, but with the same policies, we'll come back of the most terrific second quarter we've ever seen. And then we'll hopefully see some progress in the third quarter. You know, it's sort of like with the virus. You, you, you try and get the leveling off, then the precipitous decline, and then we hopefully can get things open. I guess not if you're Shelley Luther, because if you go before a judge and the judge demands that you apologize to your politicians for being selfish, she says, well, I don't think it's selfish trying to feed my family. Sorry, I'm not apologizing. Good for her. And thank God the... She lived in the state of Texas because the governor, lieutenant governor, AG, and even the Supreme Court said, uh, you overst." Can you imagine the, the audacity of that judge? You're selfish. Why? Because she wants to feed her family and she has workers that need to go to work so they can pay their bills. Whatever aid they were expecting for them in particular has not come in yet. It happens. I know they've sent out over 80 million or 100 million checks by now, but not everybody's gotten it. Most people have. Not everybody. It's outrageous. It's a pretty dark place on social media. The very first comment after the story broke that I saw on Twitter was, Putin, if you're listening, high five your asset. And there are Russian flags and Russian memes popping up. And now we see Bill Barr really just doing Donald Trump's dirty work. Now he has in his back pocket a little AG who saw to it to let Flynn go. It is, uh, I think, breathtaking dishonesty from the Justice Department. This is the collapse of the Justice Department. You know, Katyal, you caught my breath with the collapse of the Justice Department. This is a case where the fix was in. The fix is in. Not good for the rule of law. It's not good for morale. And it's not a fair outcome. This is an absolute injustice. I don't worry anyone who, who cares about the rule of law. Mike Flynn's lawyers have been engaged in a smear campaign. This is a political and incredibly destructive thing to the rule of law. It's all heading towards the president wiping the Mueller investigation uh, out of the history books, at least as far as criminal convictions. The last thing most Americans remember about General Flynn is that he was resigned, was fired, and that he admitted lying to the FBI. Does the fact remain that he lied? Well, you know, people sometimes plead to things uh, that 
turn out not to be crimes. And uh, the Department of Justice uh, is not persuaded that this was material to any legitimate counterintelligence investigation. So it was not a crime. They said, but he lied. He admitted he lied. Okay, why? Uh, and it wasn't, it was not in the context that the attorney general is right there. You hear Lion Brian Williams back doing what he does best and the rest of them over there at MSDNC, the Conspiracy Theory Channel and Fake News CNN, the New York Toilet Paper Times, three years of never-ending lies, smears, slandering, conspiracy theories, hoaxes. Now, why would, why would General Flynn agree that he lied when they didn't think he lied in the FBI interview that where they ambushed him and told him he didn't need a lawyer and they sent their people in and they didn't go through the normal processes and they did things they would never attempt to do or get away with in past administrations, but they did it on day four of the Trump administration. Why would General Flynn admit that, okay, you're making me sign this, or after he went bankrupt, lost his house, couldn't afford to defend his own son because they said, yeah, we're going to go after him if you don't agree to this. We're going to go after him. But if you agree to it, you sign it, we won't go after your son. We'll, we'll leave him alone. What are you going to do? If you're a mother or father, and those, under those set, that set of circumstances, what would you do? I know what I'd do. I'd say, so in other words, I'm older. I've lived a full life. So you're going to either put me in jail or my son in jail. Unless I sign your paper, you're forcing me to lie to save my son. He signed it. I would have signed it. Joining us now, Greg Jarrett, John Solomon, JustTheNews.com, Greg Jarrett, Fox News uh, uh, legal analyst, also author of two best-selling books on this witch hunt. Uh, welcome, both of you. Um, I don't know, Greg, if, if you put the screws to me that way. By the way, they did the same thing. I know because I've interviewed Roger Stone. They said, if you say this about the president, you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. They did it to KT McFarlane. They did it to Paul Manafort. They did it to uh, a bunch of people. I think, yeah. by the way, if you're offering something of value in exchange for testimony, like, for example, your freedom, uh, I don't think that that tactic should be allowed because you're incentivizing people to lie. Well, absolutely. And in fact, the law requires that any guilty plea be voluntary. This was not, and therefore it was an illegitimate guilty plea. So it was appropriate for the Department of Justice to drop the charges because this was under duress. It was coercion. He was intimidated. He was bullied. He was forced. And, uh, you know, that's unconscionable behavior, but it's all too frequent. Among I don't think you could say he was forced. He was basically, he was given a choice. Yeah. We're going to go after your kid and put him in jail unless you sign it. Yeah. I, you know, I'd say it's blackmail. Oh, it is. I'd say it's, it's extortion. And frankly... Uh, if you and I uh, did something under similar circumstances, we'd be criminally charged. But, you know, prosecutors are never charged for that. They should be. We need to change the law so that if they, if they bully and force and coerce somebody into an involuntary uh, plea, those prosecutors ought to be criminally charged. But I would do the same thing that you would do. I have two daughters. If I were faced with the circumstances similar to this, I'd, I'd sign the plea deal in an analyst. I'd go to jail for them. I'd do anything for them. And this is wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. And these prosecutors 
uh, knew it was wrong. They didn't care. They knew that uh, Flynn was an innocent man. They didn't care. This is how unconscionable uh, Mueller's team of hit squad of prosecutors were in the entire Russia collusion hoax. This is the very definition of prosecutorial uh, abuse, abuse of power, corruption. Everything you reported, Greg, John reported, our ensemble team reported, I can't mention everybody, turned out to be true. John Solomon, you've been doing a deep dive. You know, one of the media mob I just played lying. Then we have the <laughs> compromised, corrupt, congenital liar Schiff. We now know that people like Clapper, let's see, I have a whole list of people. And and Susan Rice and let's see Samantha Powers and uh, McCabe and you know they they all admit that they had no evidence. All of them. Yeah, there's a there was a got nothing was the headline of Adam Schiff's big dump last night. It turns out they had nothing in these transcripts. I want to go back for a second though to the conversation you and Greg just had because yesterday in the final motion that the Justice Department provided to the court. They actually put the original draft of the 302 report where um, uh, General Flynn is quoted. And in that original draft, before it was altered, it's very clear that Flynn did not directly deny talking about sanctions with Kissack. Here's what the FBI agent actually wrote before it got altered. Flynn stated that it was possible that he talked to Kissack on the issue, but if he did, he did not remember doing so. So the original documents, before they get altered, has Flynn not denying it, saying, well, it's possible, I just don't remember it. We prosecuted and forced a man to plead guilty to something he did not say, and the FBI knew he didn't say it, because their notes show it. And this is the it's first time we got a glance at the original 302. Which they said yeah. they didn't have, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's right. He was kept, uh, he was kept from them. Unbelievable. Now, you know, everything we reported. Now, I've gone through a lot of this. The Perkins Cooey lawyer, this guy, Michael Sussman, acknowledged he shared the dirty obtained on the Trump organization's possible ties to Russia with the CIA. Welcome aboard, yeah. John Brennan. I knew you'd get in here somewhere. <laughs> yep. Uh, in February 17, Brennan's gone, but it's still his old crowd left there, right? It's February 17. Michael Sussman uh, goes and sees someone at the CIA and provides some evidence he got from a client about alleged ties between the Trump organization and, uh, and Russia. And again, it's more of the same garbage that was in the Steele dossier and other places. What's extraordinary about it, the CIA's job is not to investigate Americans. They do overseas spying on foreigners. It's a remarkable effort by these Democratic uh, apparatchiks to try to sustain an investigation that the FBI's evidence could not sustain. Where is where is Judge Sullivan today? I'm waiting for all day for him to say uh, this case is dismissed. Where is well, he? Well, you know, I'm sure he's going over the papers, the original papers filed by Van Grack, in which he said uh, he's the prosecutor on Mueller's team who persecuted uh, Flynn, who represented to the court repeatedly, uh, and that's under oath, that he had no exculpatory documents. And lo and behold, there's a plethora of exculpatory documents. So, I, you know, I think this judge, Judge Emmett Sullivan, is trying to figure out, what in the world do I do now? Uh, you know, do I recommend uh, prosecution against the prosecutors for lying to the court? Um, do, do I accede to the request here by the Department of Justice to vacate the plea and uh, allow them to drop all charges with prejudice, meaning they can never bring it up again? You know, you have to get the judge's stamp of approval. Now, 
you know, Democrats are howling. You played some of the clips about the fix was in. This is a, a corrupt uh, Bill Barr, Department of Justice, using the heavy hand to pressure uh, the DOJ to drop charges. So, you know, Sullivan, this may give Sullivan pause. He may want to hold a hearing. He may want to hear uh, from the U.S. Attorney Jeff Jensen as well as... Uh, Can they the, be cited in contempt here? Who? The, the prosecutors? Oh, sure. They can be in contempt of court. There can be a recommendation for uh, criminal charges against prosecutors for perjury, lying to a judge, obstruction of justice. Sure, absolutely. And in my judgment, they should be. They lied to the court. They said these documents didn't exist, the original 302. They said there was no exculpatory evidence. In fact, there were. So, yeah, I mean, that's lying to the judge. What else have you found, John Solomon, as you've been doing? Every, we're all doing our own deep dives here, but there's hundreds and hundreds of pages of materials to sift through. What is it, 51, 53 interviews total? 53, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, listen, uh, the top line has remained the same, even after going through every one of the 53 transcripts. The top line was nobody had any evidence but uh, of, of, of collusion, you know, uh, 18 months in, because these occurred in late 17, most of these interviews. So it's what we knew, you know, and that's why Mueller came where he came, uh, came to, ultimately. There was no collusion because there was never any evidence of it. I think there are two very important things I found. One, uh, if you look at CrowdStrike and, and Sean Henry, the former FBI official who runs CrowdStrike, that's the company that looked at the DNC servers about the Russia hacking and who uh, you know, uh, never allowed the servers to actually get into the FBI hands. At one moment, he testifies something very, very powerful. He originally says that, well, we had evidence that the Russians actually exfiltrated, meaning they stole the documents off the server. Then he confers with his lawyer, and then he goes back and he corrects it, and he says, actually, we had indications that these documents have been exfiltrated, means stolen from the server, but we did not have direct evidence. That's another example of just how weak all the evidence of the Russia case was. And then the second one that jumped out at me, and I'd love to hear Greg's side of this, or his opinion of it, uh, McCabe's being questioned, and he says that, yeah, we opened up the entire Crossfire Hurricane on George Papadopoulos, but it turns out we knew he didn't have any contacts with the Russians, which means they knew the predicate upon which they opened this entire case was uh, going to be a dead end. Well, there's the more than that, that with McCabe. He, own mouth. And McCabe also said no dossier, uh, yep. no FISA warrant, and he also That's said right. that he didn't know if any of it was true. Greg? As yeah. I read McCabe's uh, testimony... He incriminated himself. Remember, he signed in June of 2017 the final FISA warrant application, the renewal. And yet he admits in his testimony that he had been unable and the FBI had been unable to verify any of the information. He signed a verified application swearing under penalty of perjury the information was verified, yet he admits under oath to Congress that it wasn't verified. That One big thing lied. in all of this, this now gives John Durham uh, under oath testimony of all of them. Right. That You cannot underestimate the power of that. John Solomon, Greg Jarrett, stay right there. 800-941-SEAN, our number. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-94. Um, if you want to be a part of the program, Greg Jarrett and uh, John Solomon. All right, so let's go over the laws, Greg. Uh, who should we be looking at and what laws will, will, in your view, legally be applicable? Well, under the investigative microscope, certainly the top three would be Comey, Andrew McCabe, and Peter Strzok. 
And I think that Durham will be looking at a variety of laws, including obstruction of justice, perjury, fraud, conspiracy to defraud, and deprivation of rights under color of law, also known as abuse of power. And I'm reminded of what uh, the Attorney General said on Fox News a month ago. He said, if people broke the law and the evidence supports that and shows it, they will be prosecuted. But the list is a long one, not just those three. I, you know, I, there have to be at least a dozen, if not more. Your thoughts, John Solomon, you've been somewhat pessimistic, but I think things have turned around for you in terms of, you know, the possibility grand juries convened, charges brought, people held accountable. Yeah, I think I'm, I am where I still am, which is I think we're going to see a small number of indictments at some point, either plea deals or indictments. I think they'll come by early summer. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see a massive amount of people being marched out in handcuffs out of the FBI, DOJ, or even out of Well, most CNN of them are already MSNBC. out. Yeah, well, I, well, they can catch them at MSNBC and CNN, where they all work as contributors now. But I think at the end of the day, there'll be a small number. There'll be other actions that could be taken. Law licenses could be attached for possible bar complaints. And then I think some people still inside the FBI and Justice Department could also face discipline. So when it's all done, there'll be a large circle. I still, from my reporting, is telling me a small number of indictments. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, you guys have been phenomenal. Justthenews.com, John Solomon, uh, Greg Jarrett also, his uh, best-selling books, uh, we got all this right, guys, and it's thanks to all of you. Uh, we appreciate your hard work every day. When we come back, uh, 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, uh, we've got an amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. We'll get in every aspect of this. Trey Gowdy will join us. He did some interesting questioning uh, of many of these people. We'll share all of that with you. Ted Cruz, oh, we got a haircut from Shelby Luther, uh, Shelly Luther, the uh, the hair salon lady who got out of prison with this idiot judge down in Texas. Matt Gates, Sidney Powell, Dershowitz, Matt Whitaker, Bongino, Dave Rubin. 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity. We'll come back. Your call's on the other side. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. By the way, Charlie Daniels is doing uh, something cool for the vets. We're going to do a quick check-in with him. We're going to take a lot of calls today. Uh, so, Linda, what are you doing for Mother's Day? So, yeah, Mother's Day is going to be great. Liam's super excited. He's been making cards all week and showing them to me as if I wasn't the mom that he was giving them to. So it's been a lot of fun. He's excited. And, um, you know, my mom is uh, super excited about the gift card I gave her for your book. So that's been super fun. And uh, she, she actually didn't know you were writing a book. She said, I thought you were kidding. I said, no, he's writing a book. She's like, well, in a, but, she's like in an election year with the Flynn news. Okay, and the I was up stuff? all last night. I took my monologue from last night. And this is what a loser I am. Because I want to make the book as current as possible. And again, we, th this was all going to be done then Corona. And so, um, but, but the good news is I've been keeping up with it because I don't sleep a lot anyway, but, and last night, while it was all fresh in my head, um, I was sort of researching on the one hand, writing notes on the other hand, then putting it into the, the text of, of the book at, at the same time. And, um, and I'm, listen, th this is everything I'm saying. What they did to this man is exactly what I mean by live free or die America and the world on the brink. Either if you think about what they've done here, I never thought in this country that we would have people at the highest levels 
of the FBI, for example, and government involved in a conspiracy to prevent one guy from ever becoming president with an insurance plan if he does become president that results in using a dirty Russian dossier the way they did um, as a means of spying on a candidate, a transition team, and a president. Now, there's a lot of things that surround this because all of that happened. There's no ambiguity. There's no debate anymore. Then you got this whole other factor, which is the mob and the media, and that they went with the lies. They went with the smears. They went with the slander. They defended the indefensible. And we are living at a point. Let me see if I can say it this way. If if they are okay, if they're acting as though Russian interference is so bad, they should have listened to Devin Nunes, number one. But for them to all, as, as group think psychosis kicks in, all of them have nothing to say about Hillary's dirty, bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier. Not a word. But they advance the... Trump-Russia collusion conspiracy theory for three-plus years. They were wrong. We were right. She paid for it. Now we've discovered that there was contact with the DNC and Christopher Steele and the Hillary campaign and Christopher Steele. Then they use it, you know, forget about poor Carter Page. You know, his, his constitutional rights and civil liberties are gone. They spy on a candidate that that they don't want to win, but they have an insurance policy. If he wins, they continue spying on him. And then when you get to the point that, wait a minute, they were all warned ahead of time not to use this information. It's unverified. It's political in nature. Hillary paid for it. The guy that put it together um, absolutely hates Trump. Okay, then they renew it. And then we they find out in in February... That through the subsource, in other words, Steele sources, that nothing Steele was saying is true. Steele admits at some point when he's under oath in an interrogatory it's not true. And then they put forward a scope memo, you know, eight months after that, that says that uses the dossier as the predicate. 18 months after that, you got at that point, Director Ray's FBI still justifying the use of the dirty dossier as the bulk, bulk of information. We learned in this drop yesterday of these transcripts, McCabe, they had denied it. He said it. And that is without the dossier, they don't have a FISA warrant. And he even admits he has no idea if anything's true in the dossier. You know what, Sean, let me interrupt for a second. Let me let me do like I mean, a this mi- is this is what I'm saying. Live free or die. Let me do a minute. interview. America and the world on the brink here. This is bad. So when like in the past three years, right, we've been covering these stories, whether it was on Flynn, whether it was on Carter Page, whether it was on Struck Page you know, Manafort, the things that came out about Stone, when they released all of your private text messages, you know, the fact that that was 57 pages of a private conversation from your text messages, you know, like what was the turning point for you where you were like, I got to write about this because it's got to be marked down in history that private citizens were illegally spied upon. They were made pawns of a government because they didn't like the political leaning and that was not their own. Like, you know, what was that I, moment I mean, for you? you? It wasn't really a moment. It just built. And what I began to see and what I'm summarizing, and it's kind of been a theme of the week on the show and on TV, is that, you know, they, they're, they're I believers, except if it's Joe. They hate quid pro quo, except if it's Joe. They're all against Russia collusion as long as it's Trump and not Hillary. Uh, they're all for civil liberties, 
but not Carter Pages and not uh, President Trump's and not General Flynn and Roger Stone's and Paul Manafort's and George Papadopoulos. They are, it is breathtaking hypocrisy, madness, a political group thing, psychosis. And unfortunately, they're not all out there saying, you know what? We were wrong. We apologized. (laughs) Just the opposite. They just move on to the next conspiracy theory. I don't know, honestly. I really worry about the future of this great constitutional republic. Because when you couple that with, and and again, I lay this out, this is why I wrote the book, and when you look at what now the Democratic Party has become, there's no more Joe Lieberman's left. There's no more Scoop Jackson's. There's no such thing as a moderate Democrat. They're all new Green Deal, psycho, uh, radical socialists that want to confiscate everything you have, pretty much, and take over every, every industry and destroy the greatest system of wealth creation and prosperity in the world. They would destroy it. But and we, they're willing to break the law to do it. That's the worst part. So that that fits perfectly into the next question, which is, you know, we were talking about Comey. Are you, you interviewing know? me now? I feel I, like I'm being I, interviewed. You are. You're, it's a mini interview. It's like a mini you know, interview. It's an okay, interview. Go ahead. Amongst, Ask your questions. Amongst friends. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But, sure. All that to say, you know, we look at Comey, right? This is a guy who on July 5th, you know, said, oh, you know, despite all of the criminality that we found in the actions of Hillary Clinton, we do not feel that she broke any laws. And then we have him admitting on stage in front of a live audience like, yeah, I circumvented, you know, policy and protocol. And, you know, I didn't do it the way it was supposed to. And I didn't let Flynn have a lawyer. And then we have him saying yesterday after everything's released, Oh, you know, stay stick with it, everybody. You know, America's looking for the rule of law. I mean, he is a walking paradox. The guy just he literally lying. Comey could not be more. I mean, is that going to be something you put in there? Like, are you going to address? I mean, you need a whole Comey chapter. Listen, all of this was already in there because we knew we were right. I mean, we are smelly Walmart shoppers in their minds. We are irredeemable deplorables. You know, in the words of Joe, he can't go for any Trump voters or any crossover voters because we're all racist. You know, we cling to God, guns, our Bibles, our faith, our religion, uh, according to Obama. There is contempt for the American people. There is a rage that we're not as smart as them. And what do we know about electing presidents? Which is why then you get into what would they do if they got power? Well, the new Green Deal, they would nationalize industry. They would eliminate you know, the lifeblood of the world's economy. They would forget medicine. It's over. It would be socialized medicine on steroids. Keep your doctor plan, save money. Good luck with that uh, on steroids. Uh, They'd have foreign policy weaknesses. And this is where I pull it all in. I pull it all in together, what that future would look like. And then I think, and if they're willing to break the law to get there and the ends justifies the means, which is what this has always been about, then we don't have a country at that point. And I don't think America recovers, by the way, from that type of governance. You know, I don't. You, may go, you made such a good point there, which is, you know, we're talking about the rule of law and how nobody who has done any of these, any of these miscarriages of justice has served any time. They haven't been arrested. They haven't been, you know, held accountable for what they've done. And that that's been the most frustrating part beyond for all of us, you know. But I think last night you did that interview with Shelley Luther, you know, the Dallas salon o- owner. And here's a woman who is trying her best to uphold the law, but has to make a choice between her and her colleagues and her, you know, salon, you know, the the people that own the chairs in her salon being able to feed their kids. And then a judge being so egregious with enforcing that rule of law 
against her and putting her in jail. Like he could you apologize her. to your government. You're apologizing. It was I'm disgusting. Like, I'm like, dude, she's got kids. All call the woman selfish. I'm like, what are you call the about? woman selfish? Uh, by the way, did you see Ted Cruz got a haircut from I her? I did, tonight? and fully masked. Go Ted. She's Go, fully Ted. masked. You know, I mean, he's my hero. And 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 Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, you know, he did the same thing this morning. He was like, you know, it's been eight weeks since I got a haircut. And yes, these are minor things when you're thinking about the amount of people who have suffered under COVID or maybe have lost loved ones. And, you know, our heart goes out to them. But what about the people who can't feed their kids? Aren't they just as important? Aren't those children important? Aren't these? How do we get our business back? You know, small business is the lifeline of our economy. So I think there's a whole other chapter there about how quickly we give up our civil liberties and how do we get them back? I was saying this to Ron DeSantis because look how they New York was ground zero for all of this. We I, I meant to get into a lot more of this yesterday on the program. They they've now traced everything back pr- pretty much to New York, you know, and the and the dopey the ill preparedness and it should have been the most prepared state. Then you find out they didn't buy anything. Then you find out their health task force told them to buy everything. Then they're telling you in early March go out on the town that dopey mayor. Then they're telling us we're New Yorkers and we're not like these other countries and we have the best. We're prepared. And no, they weren't prepared. Donald Trump saved their ass totally and completely. Um, and, and they didn't want him to. They didn't want his help. Then they wanted no, his then, help. Then, then, then they want to blame then, him. It's ridiculous. March 25th, a day that will live in infamy. You know, the executive order forcing nursing homes that are not prepared to take on COVID-19 patient, positive patients. And that's where fully 30% of the deaths we we can trace it to, March 25th. And the worst part, even on top of that, is they had all these empty beds provided by the president, COVID-19 ready, all the personnel, all the medical equipment, all they had to do was send them there. Two thousand empty beds at the Javits Center and and nearly 800 empty beds on the on the comfort navy ship i it is the and and in florida they succeed and every single day or week i'm going to my local grocery store talking to the same guys they're not getting sick and they're around a lot of people with the masks and everything on right they're working but other people can't work and it's like who who's making these decisions are we not all civilized adults that know how to protect ourselves and practice in good faith the hygiene that's needed until we can figure out what's really happening with this virus that's affecting so many Let's just be smart about it, but let people be able to feed their kids. Bottom line, short and simple. Yeah. We did do this thing for Mother's Day. Uh, I'm glad your mom liked it. You have the nicest mom in the world. I love and her. um I mean, I guess it would be stupid to give you one, but I would give you one. I mean, you are I mean, technically I wish I a mother. I knew somebody, you know. If only I knew somebody that could hook a anyway, sister up, you know. I look, a lot of you last minute shoppers out there, we've actually designed something pretty cool. It's a commemoratively uh, bound first edition copy of the book that we're now updating so it'll be current as possible for the election and you get a beautiful gift certificate for mom she'll get the first edition commemorative set uh and we put it up on hannity.com i'm proud of what we what i'm doing it's a lot of work i don't want i didn't want to do it it's too i find writing painful it is a lot of work i don't think it is painful because i like to just say it and it's gone but now, then you have to say it, and then you reread it, and then you poli- you, re- you, you edit it, and then you, you you polish it, and then you edit it again, and you polish it again. And then you you know you get I get I am like obsessive compulsive on the thing. And then the shift transcripts drop, and you add another chapter. Then you got to make sure that every <laughs> footnote is in there. 
Because, you know, somebody, Hannity stole that. I mean, I'm like paranoid about that. So I have to make sure everything is footnoted and in all of it uh, documented, which I do anyway. And let's just one more quick note, boss, before we go to commercial here. Just remind everybody, not only is it on Hannity.com and you can get the book, you can get the Mother's Day set, whatever you want to get. But you can also do it right up until Sunday morning. You can print out this gift certificate at home and have it ready and have something for your mom on Mother's Day. Uh, I really appreciate it. Anyway, we have it on Hannity.com. I hope uh, and you can print it out Sunday morning after you remember, oh, no, I forgot to give mom a present. It's, it's a great book. That's what I do all the time. Oh, is it, is it Mother's Day again? Oh, uh, I hope there's a local florist open. I hope yeah. there's something open. That sounds like you. Yeah, it sounds like me. But anyway, um, we're very proud of it, and you can see it on Hannity.com. Uh, 800-941-SHAWN. We got an amazing show tonight. We're going to be all over this. We now have done our deep dive into a lot of these transcripts. We, look, you can't get through them all because they're hundreds of pages each, and there's 53 of them. But we're getting there, and the stuff we're finding, nobody else is talking about. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue on the other side, 800-941-SHAWN, if you want to be a part of the program. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, on these uh, Friday News Roundup information overload, that can only mean one thing. My buddy Charlie Daniels is on the line. I wanted to give him a shout-out today. He's out there helping veterans that are, you know, needing more help during the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, as he's been saying, uh, we always overlook our vets. I don't know why, but we always seem to do that. And anyway, he's made a career of helping and serving our servicemen and women abroad, um, a lot of these guys are still struggling with injuries and financial issues and PTSD, which is real traumatic brain injuries and hunger and homelessness. And anyway, so Charlie being the great guy that he always is, uh, is out there helping a lot of them. He's with a nonprofit code of vets. Um, and it's uh, a great, the journey home project seeking donations for these vets who have been suffering in silence with all of these different things going on. My brother, Charlie Daniels, how are you doing? You must be missing that stage like like there's no tomorrow. I'm trying to get stadiums and venues outside to begin with opened up, Charlie. I know you're dying to get out there and, and slam the stage as usual. Oh, I am. I am hurting. <laughs> Man, I'm hurting not hearing it. I want to get out. I'm dying to get out to a concert. There's nothing more I want to do in life than go. I wish we could do you one tonight. It's uh, kind of a, we started out the year in Huntsville, Alabama. We're supposed to go to Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's been two months ago now. And from that point, that Friday night on through the rest of the year up until now, everything has either been postponed or canceled. So we're still waiting here. I still got hope. Hope be to work by July, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Tell me about the work you're doing now. For those that don't know, Charlie's traveled the world. How many trips abroad did you do uh, going to visit our brave men and women and doing free concerts and everything for them? How many did you do? We did uh, we did three trips over to uh, Iraq and um, uh, Afghanistan. We went to one time and uh, quite a few places over in the Middle East. But or they, I guess I think they call it Southwest Asia or something. But anyway, I've been quite, I've been to Greenland and Oh, gosh, Guantanamo and a lot of places to, to entertain the troops, you know. But the thing is, you know, something you were just talking about a while ago about the need. The need for veterans has always been pretty heavy duty. But this thing now, we, our veteran, a big part of our veteran population is also out of work like uh, the rest of the population is. So it's kind of exacerbated the need here. So, 
it's uh, if if you get a ch- anybody listening, if you get a chance to, to help out a vet, believe me, it is the need is is dramatic, and uh, they they really need some help right now. You know, the first thing, and you know this, Sean, better than anybody. It's hard. It hurts any veteran to ask anybody for anything. They hate it. They hate to ask for help. So when a veteran does finally come around and ask for help, you know the need is absolutely there. That's a great way to put it. And uh, you've been so great to these guys all throughout the many, many years. Can you believe what they did to Flynn? Can you? Be- and by and you know what else is sick, Charlie? For three years, I've been saying this. For three years, the mob and the media just lies to the American people. These guys abuse their power. We have all this evidence. It takes all this time. This poor guy goes bankrupt, loses his home. They didn't think he lied. They wanted to close out the case. They opened it so that they'd have a pathway to bludgeon the president even more, which is all they do every second of every hour of every day. And then at the end of this, they say, well, you didn't lie, but you're going to admit to lying because if you don't admit to lying, we're going to put your son in jail. Now, I know you love your son. What do you do at that point? He dove on the sword to save his son. Yeah. Do whatever they want you to do. That's what you would do. And, of course, but, you know, the thing about it is, uh, Sean, uh, people, you had as much to do with this as anybody. I watch you. As you want to know, I listen to you. And you have never let this subject die. Now, if you turn on, I I purposely, I don't do it much anymore, but I purposely watch network news yesterday at one of, one of the stations. There was no mention of Adam Schiff. There was no mention of anything, and, and if there was a mention about General Flynn, it was to tell about how bad the Democrats were, were, were mad about him getting having justice done. But I tell you what, the truth is going to out. It's like acid you can you can't find, that you can't find nothing to keep it in because it's going to burn its way through and come out. And people like you, you stuck this thing out. You have really been a friend of General Flynn. I know General. By the way, General and I got Flynn the crap kicked person. out of me, Charlie. Every day I'm getting the crap kicked out of me. I well, mean, you it's know like they're going to do it. Yeah, no. But listen, I can handle. But you, you know, you think about it. What you're doing you. for these? Ve- they can't. Yeah, go ahead. They can't touch you, man. They can't touch you. We know you. We know what to believe and what not to believe. Listen, I'm not stupid. I pay my taxes. I, I I figure the second it hits their inbox, they're ripping it apart at this point. But whatever. Um, so you're helping these vets. General Flynn in the news. It's the 75th anniversary of Victory in Europe Day. Um, they're amazing people. And I worry in the end, Charlie Daniels, uh, I got a book coming out. And it, by the way, I'll, I'd love to send a copy to, to all the women in your life for Mother's Day. I've got this great gift card on Hannity.com. I'm finishing it now because I want it to be up to speed. I was supposed to be done, but with all the news, I want it to be current. And we put it on Hannity.com, and I'll send you as many as you want. But um, I don't know if, if we don't win this election in 179 days, I don't think we recover. You're going to win it. It's going to be won. Who are they? I, I tell you the one thing I don't believe. I do not believe the Democrats will run Joe Biden. Can you imagine him exposed to the acerbic wit of, of Donald Trump? I don't I mean, know I that they have an easy way out. Now, I'm going to play this out with you. The only way I see this happening is that Jill Biden, it, they pull her aside and they say, Jill, you got to stop him. He's really doesn't look like he's doing well. Um, doesn't seem like he's uh, well on his A game. Let's be charitable. Uh, seems like he's very forgetful and he's, he's a gaff a second. And uh, maybe for everybody's sake, maybe it's it's best that we don't push him too hard. If she concedes that point, okay, let's walk through this. Now, who's going to demand that he gets the nomination? Bernie Sanders. 
Who does the establishment in the Democratic Party not want to have the nomination? Bernie Sanders. Now they pick some. They try to bypass Sanders. Okay. Well, they put in Hillary, whoever. Um, Okay. You think the Bernie people are going to take that? I wouldn't if I was a Bernie person. I'd vote for Trump. Well, I think you're absolutely right about that. But what I'm saying is I don't see how they're going to, you know, any kind of debate or anything. How's this guy going to handle it? I'm as pitiful, Sean, actually, literally, to watch this guy fumble. I'm 83 years old, and I've had a stroke. And I know that once in a while there's a blank place in the tape. You'll be saying something, and a word will kind of, you know, slip by you. But, you know, I'm not running for president. I could not possibly be have a job like that. I couldn't do it. I'm too old. But I see that in him. I, and I see those that that thought thing. But it's it seems worse with him. Than it does with me. With me, it's just a momentary thing, like a like a blip in the tape or something. And it's over with. It seems like it lasts longer than that with him. It's literally a pitiful. It's a pitiful thing. I mean, it's just that these guys are are pushing him to go do this when he just literally. I don't believe he'd do it. I don't think he'd pull it off. I don't think he'd pull the even pull the campaigning off, much less the election. I look so far that they're, they're hanging in there, and I'll tell you if they play these dirty tricks and then they try it with. I don't. I don't think the country will will take to it well either, and I think a lot of people are going to see through this for what it is, and I don't think they're going to like, you know, especially after all we've been through with everything that the president's been through, but. Charlie Daniels, we love you. You're a great man. What's the website again for people helping these vets? The journeyhomeproject.org. And, uh, journeyhomeproject.org. We'll link it to Hannity.com. Uh, we appreciate well, that, my friend. You've been a good friend. Thank you. So have you. God bless you, Charlie Daniels. Can't wait to see you, you out friend. on the road, up on the stage, singing the devil and every other great hit you've had all these years. We need that music. We need that. I want that fresh air open amphitheater ah oh, i can't wait i'll even wear a mask if i have to charlie you're doing devil with me next time you come here take your mask off for that <laughs> we love you charlie all right ma'am 800-941-SEAN you want to be a part of the program uh let us say hello to sheila sheila you're on the sean hannity show glad you called thanks for taking my call sean and thank you for being a voice for the good guys thank you for giving me this microphone i'm, I'm lost without you I saw the protesting in Boston. A lot of people showed up. Yes, too bad I was working. Well, it's great that I was working, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, true. Yeah, I was calling about Flynn. Um, I know that the Justice Department dropped the Flynn case, and that's just awesome news. I'm very happy about that. Um, But I can't help but feel that that's just not good enough. I'm feeling like maybe he should go ahead with the trial and expose all the high-level bad players. Play it out on the news. They've already had the trial. I mean, he's already pled guilty. And if this judge does not go along with the with what the Justice Department is saying here, I I can't imagine any scenario under which that will happen, especially Hmm. in light of all of the Brady materials that were withheld in spite of now all these new developments over the last two weeks. But I will say this. General Flynn needs to sue every single corrupt figure involved in this travesty of justice and he needs to go after every one of them by name and i i you know I, frankly i hope the president appoints him let him be the fbi director he'd be probably just about the right person to fix it and clean it up the premier law enforcement agency in the world i'd like to see that good job yep i agree all right sheila well, god you. bless you okay. glad you, you called okay 
Dave in Texas. Dave, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. It was great to see Ted Cruz getting a haircut from this uh, woman, Miss Luther, who I thought was great on TV last night. Phenomenal. And, and Ted Cruz is a, is a great American, and I, I have a, a great deal of respect for him. And, Sean, and, and I've listened to you talk about all of these misdeeds over the last three years, and it is frustrating to no end to hear uh, and, and I've worked in government, to hear all this corruption and, and hiding of evidence, et cetera. What really is the chances or what are the chances really that anybody even gets prosecuted for this? And then further to that, if you look at the populace of D.C. and how liberal of a city it is, what's the possibility of even getting a, a conviction if, in fact, they are prosecuted? There are possibilities, and it's complicated. I, I won't go through all the all the technicalities of it. There are possibilities of other venues that would be used. That that is certainly the uh, in the mix, as it relates to whether or not what they've done, whether it's criminal. Well, we've outlined what we think ought to be investigated, what crimes that I think are clear cut in my mind. Uh, the standard uh, beyond a reasonable doubt is high. If it's in D.C., it's ten times higher. But it doesn't matter. We, you know, those. They should be treated the way we're treated. If any of you had subpoenaed emails that you deleted and wiped your hard drive clean and beat up your devices with hammer, hammers and removed your SIM cards, uh, if any of you committed a fraud, premeditated fraud on the court, denying other Americans their civil liberties and civil rights, if you ever spied illegally on anybody, let alone a president, we'd all go to jail. You know, I've always known doing what I do, being politically outspoken, that I better I, I better follow every law, dot every I, cross every T. And I, I know I've overpaid my taxes all these years and it annoys the hell out of my accountants and, and other people in my life. But I'm like, guys, you know, I'm, I'm not going to I'm getting looked at every year, whether we want to acknowledge that truth or not acknowledge that truth. I'm telling you, they do it. And we learned about that with Lois Lerner, didn't we? So. Um, it, and it was frustrating. It's frustrating to me when some people you learn don't pay their taxes. I'm like, why are you so stupid not to pay them? Pay your taxes. That's the that's the first thing they're going to go after. So uh, should they be held accountable? Yes. Will they? I have a good feeling that every rock is being unturned. And if they broke the law, they'll be charged. I do believe that. I believe grand juries will be convened. I believe that there will be indictments. There's my answer. Convictions, I can't guarantee, but I think the evidence is overwhelming. But you raise great questions. And I know there's been a lot of frustration here. Anyway, 800-94. Thanks for a great call. Appreciate it. Uh, Dave, we, we're really glad you're out there. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, as we continue back to our phones, we got a minute this uh, half hour. Don Lake Ronkonkoma, Don Hey, Sean, I'm so looking forward to your new book. Uh, Thank you, but with all the news that's going on between the coronavirus and the collapse of the Michael Flynn case, uh, is this going to be volume one of a 10-volume set? No. The answer, <laughs> I swore 10 years ago I was never going to do this again. We've been doing things on this show, and there have oh, been, been a few others of us. It's been incredible, Sean. That others have not done. And I, I need to lay it out so in a way that you don't have to remember it, in an organized fashion and pulling it all together and telling everybody what's at stake here. Mm -hmm. This is th this is our tipping point. Live free or die, America and the world on the brink. If we make the wrong decision in 179 days, Don, I don't think we come back. We'll come back, but uh, it'll take a while, my friend. I don't know. The damage will be so deep. 
They yeah. fundamentally want to transform this country, and they're saying it. They're not yeah. hiding it anymore. They always used to hide it. Now they're saying it. You know, Sean, I want to echo what your last caller, Dave, said. You know, unless full restitution is restored to those who were uh, playing falsely, that General Flynn and, and, uh, and severe punishment is administered to the guilty, uh, in this hoax, this sad saga is going to continue. Well, we got to make sure that we get to the bottom of it. All right, thank you, Don. Hannity.com, by the way, if you want to get a gift certificate for mom for Mother's Day, and you can even print it out Sunday. Special commemorative first edition box set when the finished product is done. Coming soon, as soon as this news cycle stops. Hopefully sooner than later. Quick break, right back. We'll continue. Please welcome Vice President Biden. Did just me? Good evening. Thanks so much for tuning in. I wish we could have done this together and it gone a little more smoothly, but uh, but I'm grateful we're able to connect virtually. And, you know, we should be designing our economic response to avoid these desperate outcomes. And they're not only desperate, they're, they're, they affect people in so many different ways. So the funds can actually reach people in communities and small businesses, you know, that, that they're supposed to be helping. Yeah. Uh, OK. Uh, Joe Biden, the glitches. What do you see it tonight at this virtual rally in Tampa? Um, I think Joe needs a little more time to rest in the basement. Just hang out there, Joe. We'll take care of the country while you're waiting. We hold right. these truths to be self-evident. Yes, we do. All men and women created by the, the, oh, you the, know, the, the, you know, the, the thing, the, the thing, the thing being God. That created everything. That thing. Could always have General Flynn's two-year-old son. Did you see me play that last night on TV? That, that was, was hilarious. That was so freaking funny. I was it was like, oh so funny. It was cute. Cute kid. I all right. I put him up in a debate against Biden any day. At least he um, remembered all the words, you know. Remember, he's two years old. He did much better than Biden. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are and women are created equal by, oh, you know, with the thing. Well, I used to thing, think it was sad thing. that he texted the wrong number and people were sending money to the wrong number. Now it's you like, like Joe 30330. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, man. Nah, Joe can stay right where he is. Maybe Charlie Daniels is right. Everyone's speculating they're not going to keep Biden. They won't care. They're going to kick him off the ticket. You know who says it's not going to happen more than anybody's Rove? Book Rove for next week. All right. He's like, they can't do it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you, you, know the, you know the thing. The thing. God, yes, but everything. do you know it, Joe? That's the question. We yeah, know the question know. is, do you know it, Joe? Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. It's so sad, man. Oh, it's so sad. It's criminal. It's like, don't By you the have way, one friend? By the way, is like the biggest Howard Stern fan. What has happened to Howard? I would think Howard would love Donald Trump. He does. He hates Trump. Well, I think he does love him. I don't think he does. Oh, no, he's I all think Hillary he does. and No, he doesn't. I think that he's playing a part. I don't believe that for a second. Oh, I do. No way. Yeah. No, I'm okay. No, he's not playing that part. I think he's really... He, he, not that long ago, said, I'll never vote for a Democrat. Yeah, but he but, loves to be loved, and he'll do anything to get that love. I don't think so. I think Stern was very, uh, look, I can never not like him. I still think he's probably the best interviewer of anybody in radio and television. I really do, because oh, he has this so. way. Well, but what the difference is, he has, 
he has like his own standard. I mean, there's the rest of us. We get clobbered if we say one little thing that's wrong. And then there's Howard. Howard can say anything, which he kind of earned and established and right. pushed the envelope. But he's he kinda, not doing that now. That's the problem. No, he Sean. does. Well, he does do. I, I just listen. I, I don't care. It's just frustrating to me because I would think Donald Trump is his guy. I would think that finally somebody on the outside is taking names, you know, no holds barred, no prisoners. I mean, just letting it hang out. And I, it just is it's it's a mystery to me. It's it's disappointing in some ways. I still like the guy. I think he's still enormously talented. And I just feel um, it's frustrating. Um, it just is. I don't get it. This I, I can't put this together um, except to say when he did the Hillary interview, I wanted to vomit. He interviewed that, what is her name, Lena Dunham, whatever her name Lena is. Lena Dunham. She produced yeah. the uh, HBO show Girls. Okay. I've watched it. It's horrible. It's I couldn't watch five seconds of that crap. I can't stand those shows. But on the other hand, I once heard him. He did an interview. I think it was with Scarlett Johansson. You can't not listen to this guy and, and the things that he will pull out of people because I don't think anybody goes in there thinking that they're going to answer his questions. And then they all like, you know, it's like Alka-Seltzer and water and they bubble and they fizz and they just, you know, spill their guts. And it's interesting. And it's not what people think. I mean, people have this impression that he's talking about sex all the time. It's not what he does. I mean, it's a part of the the flavor, but it's not the whole show. And he's, you know, he's wicked smart. Uh, Robert is very, very funny and very quick. And right, but Sean, you know, but the politics of it is what's frustrating me. And, and I, I don't give a flying rip if he likes me or not. That's not important. But that's not the point. The point is, is that like, for example, you've been doing this for 30 years. For 30 years, you have been Sean Hannity. This is who Sean you Hannity. are. This Sean. is what you do. Do. And, and now we've got <laughs> Stern, who literally is unrecognizable. Here's it's, the thing. So sad. if you watch private parts, and I've watched it a number of times. Yeah, I've seen it. I did a different kind of radio. I love talk radio. Barry Farber died this week. I, I wanted to cry. Uh, I could tell you a little story. Um, I've been in a lot of contact with him recently. His birthday was the day before he died. He just turned 90. And I had sent something over to his house, and he had gotten it. And he actually was on the air. His daughters were doing his radio show that day. I listen to all of these guys in radio. I have no idea what drew me so close to the radio, but it did. You know, WMCA, good guy radio. You know, Harry Harrison, Ron Lundy, Cousin Brucey, all these these icons on the ex-wife station. And and then there was Howard. Then there was Imus. I like them both. They hated each other, but I liked them both. Imus passes away. Uh, then later there was Bob Grant Then Rush. And there's all this competitive intramural fighting amongst talk show hosts. I, I, I don't I just recognize great talent. And I have something about radio and I do radio and TV. There's a mystery to it and an intimacy in radio that you don't have on TV. Believe it or not, you might think it's the opposite. It's not. Radio's a warmth medium. Radium's a heart medium. The reason some people can't do radio is because they've got no heart. They have it. People read you very quickly. You and can't you fake it for three hours a day. And you need to prep and you need to be ready to do segments that are yeah, well, 15 minutes long, not two minute blocks. Um, when we come back, you uh, have to be generally uh, interested. Oh, wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, hang on. By the way, and he's friends with Alec Baldwin, and that doesn't bother me because Alec Baldwin as a guest is okay. 
Alec Baldwin as a host is awful. Never gets he tr- old. This is him. So he tries out the first time, and me and Mark Levin call in and beat the crap out of him, and he leaves the studio. And, I mean, Mark really got to him. Uh, he just went right for the jugular. It was great. He walks out of the studio, doesn't come back to do the show. He's guest hosting. He's trying to. He's auditioning for his own radio show. So then he doesn't give up. He says, all right, I can't do it in New York because Hannity and Levin are going to get me. So let's go to Philadelphia. But he's on my affiliate in Philadelphia, WPHT, the big talker. And so this is him auditioning. He's doing it on a on a weekend evening. He cannot get a phone call. We are not editing this tape. It's the greatest moment. It 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 Stern can't rival this. Imus can't rival this. Barry Farber, Bob Grant, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin. Nobody rivals this great moment in radio. Um, when we come back, uh, uh, oh, we got some time. Oh, great. Well, we're gonna. Uh, when, when can we take some calls, Ivan? Whenever we want. Do we, do, we, do we have calls that are on there now? Do no calls, calls yet. No calls no yet. No calls yet. What number do people call to get on the air? I mean, do we have that number? It's right there. <clears throat> oh, do I have the call number in front of me? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, that's interesting. Interesting. At uh, uh, 1210 at PHT. Of course, any other questions you have, any other comments you have, call us um, to the... Uh, what else? Uh, call us, please, at... Uh, to one five twelve ten. Now, um, if you don't call, we're going to keep reading from the Scientology manual. <laughs> you might not feel it. You might not feel the energy right now. You might not feel uh, the swell of what's happening here. <laughs> we have any calls yet, there, Ivan? No calls. Let's read some more about Scientology. <laughs> Is Sean Hannity a Scientologist? Alec Baldwin posing the big questions tonight here. Uh, do we have any calls here yet, Ivan? None. Boy, it's just incredible. Unbelievable. Well, you leave us no choice, listeners. Now, that's the most amazing bit of radio I've ever heard. You take away a script of an actor, and that's what you get. Or if there's no interaction where somebody's asking you to tell a story that as soon as you stop talking, they're going to step in and, and bring your attention back to something. Unbelievable. It's the greatest moment in radio. I have to I have to tip my hat. It's like, remember Rush did that bit on the Tom Daschle show? That's the real Tom Daschle show. That bit That's is what, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Oh, he's dumb as a rock. <laughs> he's just dumb as a rock. It's pretty bad. It's so bad. But again, it's, it just comes down to people underestimating listen, I might even, how hard I'm it is. I'm going to surprise you. I mean, like the Hunt for Red October, he, he used to be a pretty decent actor. What happened? I have no idea. I don't idea. think he was a decent actor. I think he got real lucky with the roles that he got. And that just kind of became his thing. I think he has that look, too, that some people find attractive. That Sleazy? Maybe... Yeah. That's super No. Yeah. I mean, it just ha- I know Stephen Baldwin. I like him a lot. We like Stephen. He's been yeah, on this program. He's a good dude. He, the strangest moment in my life, one of the strangest moments is when I used to do these Twitter wars before you took my account away from me. I feel like a little You're kid. You're welcome. You and everybody else, there was an intervention. Stop tweeting at 3 in the Listen, morning things against were getting Jimmy weird. Kimmel. You were up all night. You were tweeting. You were Not fighting. up all night. Not every night. But I was up some nights. Uh-huh. I have no idea if I was on Ambien uh-huh. or if I had a drink. Who knows, right? Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, I'd get in these Twitter wars, and everyone's like, all right, you got to stop. Now, I would win these Twitter wars, but I was having one with Alec Baldwin. And it was getting, you know, downright, you know, 
it, you know, we're throwing hard punches. You know, I love to fight. You know, I do my mixed martial arts every day. I'm, you know, pick a fight with me. I'm, let's go. Let's roll. And his daughter direct messages me. And apparently, I think she got married to Justin Bieber, right? Yes. His daughter, uh, right. Haley Baldwin. Yes. She married uh, Justin Bieber. By the way, I, I hear he's a great kid. I really do. Well, he's a kid to me. He's a well, great guy. Well, they actually guy. found Christ. They found their love through I know. Christ. I think he's a big fan of Hillsong. Um, I like that music, too. And you like, you like that music. I love Hillsong, and I love uh, Everybody now in my life that I know keeps sending me Hillsong as if I never heard it before. I think everybody's sending a message. Sin, desperate that, times call for spiritual music. I'm not, I don't disagree. Now, here's a little secret. Well, anyway, so, so she asked me to stop fighting her dad. And I'm like, why don't you tell your dad to stop fighting me is what I'm thinking. But I, she, you know, she's a young girl. I said, OK, I'm, I give up. I'm done. And I stopped. She asked, what am I supposed to do? Keep fighting it out with her dad? She's, she was fairly young at the time, maybe 20. I have no idea how old these people are, but whatever. And she, they seem to be happy from everything I read. I hope, I hope they can keep it together. Most people in, that are in the public eye like that can't. Um, and, uh, I wish them the best. I really do. And I, I don't even, I, listen, he's not even a good Trump. He doesn't do a good Trump. It's old. Yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of stale. They need to bring in somebody that actually can do a real impression of Donald Trump. Yeah, same way you do life. your impression of Cuomo. I'm a New Yorker. It's actually pretty no, good. I favorite. don't like my... that you do it, but I think it's pretty good. Nobody needs seven bullets to kill a deer. <laughs> it's simple. No one hunts with an assault rifle. No one needs ten bullets to kill a deer. Sorry, I got it wrong. Nobody needs ten bullets to kill a deer. It's really funny, man. You know what I feel like? I feel like, you know, I don't hate Cuomo. I don't. But what he's done to this state is a disaster. Excuse uh, our arrogance as New Yorkers. I speak for the mayor also on this point. Mm -hmm. We think we have the best health care system on the planet right here in New York. So uh, when you're saying what happened in other countries versus what happened here, uh, we don't even think it's going to be as bad as it was in other countries. March 2nd, he said that. Whoopsie-daisy, same day Comrade de Blasio was out there. Uh, Here are my suggestions. Go out on the town, New Yorkers. Go out on the town. Here's what I suggest you do. March 10th, it's still safe to go out on the town. They didn't have any ventilators. They didn't have us. They got slammed. Unbelievable lack of preparation. Oh, and then the brilliance. Let's put COVID-19 positive patients in nursing homes that don't want them because they're not equipped to handle them. That's actually really atrocious, Sean. That, that and then really the worst is. part is they didn't give them PPE. It's not my responsibility. It's yours. What are you talking about? That's what he said. The same guy screaming, oh, we need 40,000 ventilators. Oh, and now all the people who came and volunteered their time and their services, yeah, they got to pay, pay income tax. What in God's great name? Hey, thanks for helping us save our lives. Here's your bill. Uh, here's your bill. Here's your bill. <laughs> Have a nice life. What in God's name am I doing here? It's crazy, I got to get out of this state. I got to. I'll tell you why. They all hate me anyway. They don't want me here. Busy Hannity tonight, nine Eastern. Trey Gowdy. He did a lot of these interviews of the fifty-three we had released yesterday. He has insight that others do not. Ted Cruz got his haircut from Shelley Luther today. Good for him. Sidney Powell, uh, General Flynn's attorney. Matt Gates. Alan Dershowitz, John Solomon, Matt Whitaker, Bongino, Dave Rubin. 
We got all the news the mob and the media got wrong the last three years, and we got right. 9 Eastern tonight on Hannity. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your family and loved ones. Life hopefully getting back to normal sooner than later.